Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Here, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the church. Uh, Roy City, and we're so honored to have you here. Uh, we believe that you're not here by accident, but that God has you here for a reason. Amen. And uh, we're in a, uh, a series that we kicked off last week uh, called uh, It's Not About You. Come on. It's not about you. And I preached a message called The Ripple Effect. And the truth is, is that we need to understand that we are causing ripples every day. Amen. And uh, today I'm excited to continue this series. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Psalm. Psalm 37, 23. Normally I don't wear jeans and t-shirt. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, how irreverent. It's okay. It's just for baptism Sunday, amen? Psalm 37, verse 23. says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of of their lives. Man, that's good right by itself. Come on, I'm going to read it one more time. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, A Game of Inches. A Game of Inches. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would use me, Lord, to speak to the hearts of your people. I pray that every life would be changed. No one would leave the same. And everybody said, amen. You know, I love uh, my in-laws. And uh, I'm I'm sorry if you're in this room and you have been given bad in-laws. Come on, I've heard some horror stories about bad in-laws. And some of you are sitting next to your in-laws. You're like, just don't look, just look at, look at the screens. Just look at the screen. Don't you look to the right or the left. You'll be in trouble. Come on. Uh, but I really was, I was given great in-laws and, and I, and I don't just say that because they come to this church, uh, a little bit, but, but the truth is, is that it is true. And, uh, and, and they're a lot of fun to be around. Come on. You, it's, it's one thing to have good people to be around. And it's another thing to have people that are a lot of fun to be around. And, and, uh, and my, my in-laws are exactly that. But, but one that's, uh, uh, the, the, I mean, he is just fun to be around is my father-in-law. He is crazy. Uh, he's a little bit out there. You're not ever kind of sure what he's going to do. He comes to this church and he, you might have heard him. Usually you hear him before you see him because he's the guy that yells, what's He's locked onto it. He's riding it for the rest of his life. And, and so here's the thing is that he's a lot, and, and you never know what he's going to do or what he's going to wear or, or what he's going to say. It's just one of those, he's one of those guys, but, um, my, uh, he used to wear to work before my, my wife stopped him, uh, cause she saw him one day and he had on a pair of cut off jean shorts. Come on. And they were cut off so short you could see the pockets. 
hanging out the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Come on, some of you are like, I still wear those. But here's the thing, stop it. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, he, he'd cut off, he had cut them off, and he also wore, come on, well, work boots. And I was like, man, what, I think he's trying out for a show in Vegas or something because, but, but here's the thing is that he, you just never know what he's going to do, and that makes him a lot of fun to be around. But here's the thing, my, my father-in-law is one of the most giving people you'll ever meet. He's, he, he is very generous. He's very kind. He's got a massive heart. Uh, he just loves people. He, he runs a paint and body shop and, uh, and there'll be little old ladies that come in and they've wrecked their car and, and you know, they, they're on fixed incomes. They don't have a lot of money. And so he, you know what he says? He said, that's fine. He fixes their car and he fixes it just, and he says, just make me a pie. Or just make me some cookies. Come on, that's a giving person. He could, he could get money, but he says, you know what, I'm just, it's fine, let me just do this. But, but there's one day of the week when his mindset completely shifts. Or I'm sorry, one day of the year when his mindset completely shifts, and that's on his birthday. On his birthday, he becomes a very selfish person. And he has a saying for his birthday. It's all about me is what he likes to walk around saying. The moment he wakes up until the moment he goes to bed, this is what he said. No, it's all about me. I'm going to pick where I want to go to eat because today's my birthday and it's all about me. Come on. And he walks around the house saying this and it doesn't matter what the conversation is. He will find a way to bring it up. And I begin to think about this because the truth is, is that I believe that a lot of people in church live their lives this way. They live their lives with the mindset that my father-in-law only has on his birthday. They live with this mindset every day of their lives. And they think that it's all about me. And, and they walk into church and they think it's all about me and what are they going to do for me and what do they have to offer me and they begin to think about everything and the truth is is that we have a wrong mindset and it's not about you and that's what this entire series is about. It's about understanding that it is not about us. It's not about us at all. But here's the thing is, is that it's completely natural to be selfish Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're selfish. Go ahead. You, you wanted to tell them that for a long time? It's completely natural, right? I, I have children, and I don't know, uh, for all of you that have children, and here's, here's just a side note. For everybody that doesn't have kids, don't ever put on Facebook that you're tired. Okay, you don't know what tired is. Or how about this, when they say date night and they're single, I'm like, or they're, they're married, they're newlyweds. I'm like, Really? Every day's date night for you. Are you kidding me right now? So anyway, I'm off that. I'm off of it. I'm off of it. So, so here's the thing is, is that, that, but I, I have these kids and, and it was amazing to me because they are extremely selfish, right? All of life revolves around them and it happens at a very early age. I never had to teach my kids to be selfish, Right, one of the first words that they love to say is mine. Come on, it's like one of the first things out of their mouth. Because here's the thing is in, in the natural, in our in our very nature, at the very core of who we are, we are selfish 
individuals. We are selfish people, and we have this thought that it really is all about us. But the truth is, is that we're not supposed to be that way. Whenever we become, uh, Crystal said it earlier, but all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That literally means this, that we need to begin to change the way that we are and the way that we think. We need to understand that it's not about us. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this. Paul's talking. The Apostle Paul says this. Since you have been uh, raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. See, here's the deal is that we, we, a lot of people will become Christians, but they never change their mindset. They continue with an earthly mindset. They continue, come on, you think about, come on, what the clothes that I wear, come on, the car that I drive, the house that I live in. Uh, we, we think about all of these things, and it continues to go. It continues uh, to, even after we become Christians, we continue with this earthly mindset. And the Apostle Paul is saying this, that when you become a Christian, uh, old things have passed away, all things have become new. But what you have to do is you have to begin to shift your mindset. You have to begin to change the way that you see things. you gotta, you got to get away from this earthly mindset to where you think that it's all about you or it's all about my four and no more or it's all about what I can get and every relationship is what can you give me not what can I give you you have to begin to change your mindset from this earthly one to a heavenly one and here's the deal is sometimes Christians, and I know I'm preaching uh, to the choir because none of you are this way, but you can give it to your friends, the podcast. But here's the thing is that every, uh, a lot of Christians continue with this earthly mindset. And the truth is, is that they can be the very worst. Oh, I love Jesus with all my heart. And, I, and, it's, and, and they're the most selfish people on the planet. Come on. They're the most selfish people on the planet. And here's the thing is that we should not live our lives with this mindset. We need to change our mindset to a heavenly mindset. And I believe that it takes time to do this because a heavenly mindset is completely opposite of what we, what we want to do in the natural. Right? Because here's the thing is that everything is opposite in the kingdom of God. He says this, that if you want to become the greatest, become a servant to all. That doesn't make sense, right? Because here's the thing is we are taught all of our lives that earthly influence and er- we, we get become great by jockeying and positioning ourselves in such a way uh, to, to step on people and to climb our way up the ladder. And Jesus says, no, no, you don't understand. A heavenly mindset understands it's completely different. A heavenly mindset says this, that if you want to be prosperous, it says this, give. That makes no sense. But the Bible says, give, and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Here's the thing. The Bible says this, that if you want to find your life, you must lose your life. See, the thing is, is that heavenly mindset completely shifts the way that we think in the natural. Because Jesus didn't come uh, uh, for us to operate in the natural. He came for us to have a different mindset. But here's the thing, is it takes time to begin to shift it. You ever try to quit a habit? Come on. 
You, you, ever, you ever try to just say, oh, I'm not going to do it. Come on. And then you end up doing it, the thing that you said, I'm never going to do that again. And then guess what? You just pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you move on, and you continue to put one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And I believe that there's no difference in the way that we think. To change the way we think, is, it takes time. I know that you want instant results, and I want you to, you want it to happen immediately, and you want everything right now, but the truth is, is that God, it takes time. It's a process, and you begin to walk it out, one foot in front of the other. Now, to change our mindset, I believe here at the church, we believe that there's really three things that help to shift your mindset. To take your mindset off of an earthly mindset and put it on more of a heavenly mindset. And the first thing that I think is important for you to do is, number one, is to find your purpose. To find your purpose. I asked a man one time, I was talking to him, and I said, what's your purpose? And he said, I've never had anybody ask me that question before. I have no idea. And here's a grown man, and I think that a lot of you, if you were really honest, might say the very same thing. That if I walked up to you and said, what's your purpose? You might be able to tell me what your job is, but you can't tell me what your purpose is. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. The truth is, is that God has put you here with a purpose. And I'll give you a little hint that every one of us have the same purpose. In 1 Peter 2, 9, it says this, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Can I just stop and pause right there? Some of you have been told something all of your life that you're not good enough, that you will never amount to anything, that you're ne- you're, you're, uh, God has you here. You're a mistake, that you're an accident. But can I tell you this? The Bible says over and over and over again, and in this passage of Scripture, that you are a chosen people. Come on. That you are a holy nation, that you are picked by God. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, every one of us, Jesus said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Here's the thing is that every one of us have this call and this, this, uh, this purpose on our lives, and that's to tell other people about the hope that we found in Jesus. Every person has this call. Every person ha- has this mandate from heaven. And here's the thing is I know that what you want to say is you want to say, no, you don't understand. I ain't a preacher. That's your job. No, you don't understand the way the, the Bible works because my job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. That means that I'm here to equip you. You come in to church, you get refreshed, you get equipped, you get restored, you get, you, and then you get sent back out into a world who is desperately searching and needing the gospel. See, the thing is, is that every one of us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to switch our mindset, we need to have a heavenly mindset and understand that everything, that it's really not about this earth at all. That it's all about pointing to heaven. It's all about putting people, uh, trying to get people to accept life and life more abundantly. It's all about pointing people to Jesus. And here's the thing is that sometimes the greatest messages you'll ever preach are, are, are really not, uh, are never said with words. It's just the way you live. It's the way you live on a daily basis. That begins, you know, I was a fireman for, for years, and they called me preacher. 
They call me Rev. And the thing is, is that I didn't go around preaching to them all the time. I just lived a little differently. I walked it out a little differently. And some of the greatest messages you can preach in people's lives are you don't even use any words. You're just living a little differently. And then when they come to you and they ask you what's different about you, it opens a door and you're able to tell them about a God who set you free, who changed your life forever. My dad uh, worked at Hexel in Graham, Texas, and he worked with a man uh, who was uh, difficult to get along with. He's what we call, his Christian lingo is EGR. For those of you that don't know what EGR is, it's extra grace required. Come on, some of y'all, are, y'all know, you work with people that are EGR every day. Come on, I've worked with a lot of people and it makes life no fun. But, but my, dad, my dad was always, you know, he's a, he's a pastor, he loves Jesus. Come on, he's super Christian, he's amazing. And, and he's, he's living this out, he's telling people about Jesus. Come on, he's, he's always talk, talking about Jesus. And, and this man has nothing to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it. And, uh, and one day, I mean, he was always mouthing. He was always saying something, and, and he was just a mean guy to be around. And my dad finally had enough. And he decided, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And he let this guy have it with both barrels. I mean, started chewing him out, telling him how nobody liked him. Come on, nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him, how big of a jerk he was. I mean, he, Christian, cussed him up one side and down. Come on, you know what I'm saying. And down the other, he let him have it all. He walked out feeling pretty good about himself. But then all of a sudden, God began to deal with him. And God said, you you know that wasn't right. Come on, you know, it's not a speaking loud voice, but there's something inside you. You know that wasn't right. You need to go apologize. No, I'm not apologizing. Because here's the thing, is that earthly mindset is the guy deserved it. Come on. Your earthly mindset will tell you they deserved everything you said, every word you spoke, everything you did. They deserved it. But here's the thing, is that there's a different mindset. And God's saying, you know that wasn't right. Go apologize. My dad walked back in. And he said, I, wanna, I just want to take a moment and let you know that I'm sorry for everything I said. It wasn't right. And I apologize. I ask that you would forgive me. I come with my hat in my hand. Please forgive me. The man said, whatever. They went about their day. And about three days later, my dad was working at a station. And the man walked up to him. They hadn't spoken since the incident. He had tears rolling down his face. He said, you know, you've said a lot of words. But I didn't ever really believe you were different until you apologized to me for something I deserved. How can I get what you have? See, here's the deal. Is that a different mindset makes you work differently. It makes you think differently. You begin to say, yeah, I know that everything in me, in, my na- in the natural, says that they deserve what I said, but there's something different that, that, that is operating. When we become Christians, it begins to change the way we see uh, ourselves, and we understand that we have a purpose, and God has put us here for such a time as this. The second thing we do is I believe that you need to find your passion. Find your passion. 
And here's the thing is that really your passion is not about you. Come on, it's not about you. Well, I found my passion, brother. It's playing golf. No, you found a hobby. Amen. Finding our passion, I think it's so amazing to me that that we we live in in a day and age when a church really doesn't know its passion. We don't know what we're passionate about. We don't know what we care about. We don't, we don't know what God has put us here for. And the truth is, is that every one of us have a purpose for being here. Every one of us, I believe that everybody in this church has a passion that you need to be operating in for this church to be all that God has called it to be. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. I'm going to skip to verse 17 and 19 just for time's sake. It says this, for as the body is one... And has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Verse 17 through 19. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, come on, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be. Some of you are thinking of your spouse and you're thinking of a body part and that's not the body part that God's called them to be. But here's the thing is, is that God has set us all here as the body of Christ. And God has put you here not to sit on a, on a pew or on a chair with your arms crossed. It doesn't matter. Maybe you don't go to this church, and this isn't going to be your church home, and that's good. But when you go into whatever church you go to and you find your place, God has not called you there to sit there and just to consume what is coming out. He's called you to go in there and contribute. And I believe this, that when you begin to understand that God has put a passion on the inside of you that a church needs, and you begin to use that, I think that you are more fulfilled than you ever will be sitting in a pew. See, here's the thing is that God has put us all, and, and here we've made the mistake as a church is a lot of people think it's all about the platform. Well, I can't sing like Candace. Then get, we don't want you singing. I can't play the drums like Trevor. He's so cool. You're not cool, okay? It's all right. It's Huh? I I can't preach. Here's the deal is that I have people, it's amazing to me, that have discovered their passion and they walk into a room and they're OCD. So they see every chair that's messed up. Some of y'all are like, amen, this church needs help. (laughs) They see every chair that's messed up and can I tell you that it's a passion on the inside of them and they start straightening chairs. Here's the key to a lot of people's passion. It's what you see wrong. And when you see something wrong, it's not because God has called you to point it out. It's because God has called you to be a Christian that goes in and fixes what's wrong. We have a thing called Next Steps. And and in our Next Steps program, we like to to, uh, discover your spiritual gifts. That means we like to take people through a process. It's not just about joining a church. It's about helping people discover their passion, discover what God has brought them here for, and to get them plugged in to whatever God has for you. And I believe that when you begin to serve, it changes your mindset. I have a man that serves faithfully every Sunday. He pulls trailers. 
He shows up. All this doesn't just magically set itself up. It's, he shows up. He gets here, he, he gets here at 6 a.m. We have an amazing dream team that show up and they set all of this stuff up and they arrive at 6 a.m. And he, he shows up every, every day at 6 a.m. and he does this faithfully day after day, Sunday after Sunday. He just continues to do it. And one day I said, hey, listen, man, you need to take a break. Like, relax, okay? We've got a lot of people. We have 277 people on our dream team. Somebody else can pull a trailer. Come on, just take a break, relax. And he goes, no, you don't understand. Every week when I pull that trailer, I'm a better man. I'm a better husband, and I'm a better father because I've discovered my passion. See, a lot of people would think, well, it's just pulling a trailer. But see, he understands that he's a part of something much bigger. He understands because he pulls a trailer, a team is able to set it up. And whenever they set it up, guess what? People are able to hear the gospel. And when somebody lifts their hand and their lives are forever changed like his was at one time, guess what? He understands that I was a part of bigger something bigger because I chose to find and use my passion. Third thing. Find your people. Find your people. See, here's the thing, church, is that every day you come in contact with people. And it's not by chance, it's not by accident that you work with those people. It's not by, oh, well, it's just, you know, I just, it just happened and it's not a big deal. No, God has put you in people's lives for a reason. To understand that you're there, that he's called you to them. You know, my wife one day was in the hospital room with her grandfather. He was really sick, not doing well. And my wife wasn't saved all her life. She wasn't raised in a Christian home. Now most of her family are Christians and serving Jesus, love Jesus with all their heart. She wasn't sure about her grandpa. She walked into the hospital because they said that, you know, it's not looking good, not sure what's gonna happen. And she was nervous because she thought she loved her grandpa and she thought, man, how's he going to react to this? How's he going to respond to this? He might, he might get mad at me. He might be angry. He might throw me out of the room. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Finally, she worked up the nerve and she said, Papa, I need to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? Have you ever made him the Lord of your life? Tears running down his face grabbed her by the hand and said I thought you'd never ask see isn't it amazing there are people in your life that are waiting on a question they're waiting on an invitation they're waiting on you to say something because they're screaming for hope They're screaming for answers and they're looking at your life and they're saying there's something that's different about them. And if we begin to shift our mindset 
we begin to understand that life is a game of inches. And that most days we walk in and we're just a few inches from impacting somebody's destiny. We're a few inches from impacting somebody's eternity. We're a few inches from impacting somebody's life and changing the outcome. We're a few inches from changing the whole trajectory of somebody's life. And all we have to do is change a mindset from what is, it's all about me to God, what can I do for somebody else? And if we would begin to change our mindset as a church, what could God do? How many lives could be forever changed? There was a man that was, a pastor was talking to another pastor and he asked him, he said, I, I, I want to ask you a question. Do you know any prostitutes? I don't know, that's not normal pastor talk. <laughs> uh, pastor kind of jumped back and said, no, what are you, what are you, what are you, you know, what are you insinuating? He goes, do you know any pimps? No? How about any drug dealers? You got any drug dealers? No, I don't have any drug dealers. The other pastor looked at him and said, yeah, I think that's our problem. Because we're not reaching people that God has called us to reach. We don't write come as you are on a, a pamphlet because we think it's something awesome and it sounds good. We write it because we want you to be reminded every day that you are going into the world, that you are called to be a light in the darkness, to echo the invitation of Jesus, that they can come as they are, they can come broken, they can come hurting, they can come addicted, they can come however they are, and God will change them from the inside out. Stand on your feet. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Church RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.